welcome, 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 welcome. You are here. It is Fret Talk episode number something. Uh, one, let me get me get get me notes. One eight eight. You are here with your host, Mister Budget Pedal Chat. That's me. You are also here on my screen. We have got below me here is Mister Ollie Miles. To the hello. This way is Mister Lee. Say hi, Lee. I'm up. I'm up. I'm up above you. Not on my screen. You're not. Uh, and then, <laughs> then over here, here. No, no. That's here, a here. That's, that's the edge. Other way. Who is this? Who is this man? Oh yeah. My name is Joe Kotzi. Thrilled to be here. Hey. And you, uh, you happen to be uh, like a quite important person within the world of guitar stuff. Uh, you, you are quite relevant at the moment, aren't you? Because. I am just the bearer of good pedal news. That's that's always welcome. Uh, so uh, introduce yourself to our audience and and kind of what you what you do and who you work with and for and such. My name is Joe Kotzi. I'm the national sales manager with Eventide. So I basically manage all the accounts here in the states and uh, the Americas. And I go to trade shows. I do pedal demos. And uh, yeah, so today's a, there's a big announcement. Ooh. Which is? <laughs> we are releasing the new micro pitch delay. Uh, and anyone would think that you were, that you planned that then. That was so seamless yeah. and smooth. <laughs> and here's me like ruining the whole moment. <laughs> Absolutely. So this is one of those iconic processing effects that so many musicians and engineers have used as their secret sauce in studios throughout the decades, right? So we finally put it in compact pedal form. Obviously, this is an algorithm that current H9 Max owners can take advantage of, but we've simplified it even further in a more tactile form factor. Uh, and obviously, this is the second release of our new Dot .9 series of pedals, right? Uh, is that the one with uh, the the black hole that you released not so long back? That was the first dot nine. Yeah, black hole again. Probably our most iconic reverb. Um, that was that one came out back in September. Uh, but we're adding to the family. So yeah, micro pitch delay is the next one up. And the reason we chose this algorithm uh, for reasons previously stated, it's just. It's just so widely used, and, and not just for guitars, right? For keyboard players, uh, making monophonic synths just sound incredibly wide. Um, and again, it's one of those effects that uh, we call it the secret sauce because it's almost, it almost works better subtly, right? You notice it when it's not there, right? Yeah. Uh, most typically, guitarists have used it to, to thicken and add dimension to their tone. I, I, the most obvious example of this technique uh, in that regard is Eddie Van Halen's tone, right? In the early records, he used the micro pitch shifting available on the H949 harmonizers. So that same technique is in this pedal now, right? Awesome. So uh, explain to us a, a little bit about what the uh, what the unit does, because you've said it, it does some... Uh, like pitch things, but it, it's it's got quite a few uh, few uses, doesn't it? Yeah. So, and it's basically what micro pitch shifting is. It's pitch shifting within a semitone, right? 
Uh, so in this, as it pertains to this particular pedal, you have two voices. Each voice has a pitch shifting module and a delay module. Yeah. And one of the voices pitch shifts up by 50 cents. The other voice pitch shifts down by minus 50 cents. Now, this is a technique, again, that was widely used uh, since the late 70s to just add that width, right? Um, and it happens because of this shifting of pitch by just a few cents. It, you, 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 it's like an automatic psychoacoustic effect, right? Yeah. Uh, the delays can be used as traditional delays, but they can also be used in short delay times to add even further uh, width, right? Some yeah. people, I guess, would call that the Haas effect, etc. Um, but again, the, the cool thing about that capability is that you can make micro pitch delay sound like a slapback echo or use the other functions like the the feedback controls and the longer delay times to make it sound more atmospheric, reverb-like, if you will, right? And obviously, what's the unique character of this delay is that each iteration of the feedback loop gets pitch shifted up or down, depending on your settings. So that shifting in the feedback path adds to this beautiful character. Uh, it adds character in in it in a unique way, um, just creating washes that not many other pedals can do, right? Uh, at its, its extremes, you could actually make it pitch shift violently, if you will, yeah. like in increments, right? And this was a technique that people used on drums. So all over David Bowie records, they used this pitch shifting capability of uh, the micro pitch algorithm to add depth, right? Um, so yeah, that, that's what makes it unique, right? This kind of like cascading pitch shifting process that happens in the feedback loop of the, of the delays. Kind of weird how it feels like it adds life to to the track, and then when you take it away, you're like, no, 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 come back, come back. Uh, um, the only thing I've got that I can really compare it to is the uh, Dimension C, which is in a similar sort of way. It's kind of like a stereo almost like a stereo panner, but it's not. Um, uh, uh, and some of the settings on it were very, very similar. But the other thing it does remind me of is um, there's a delay that I set up the, uh, on my DD500, which is a Van Halen delay, and it's the SDE3000 delay, which is a dual delay. And when I was listening to um, some of the media that you sent me, some of the settings, I was like, oh my God, that, that's that sound I set up. And it's my favorite delay. I was telling the guys before you joined us, um, it's my favorite delay. I always go back to it. And it's amazing that this pedal can sound like a Dimension C and then add delay to it. And then it can sound like the SDE 3000. Uh, and it can do so many other things as well. It does that chorusing sort of thing. It does the whole seasick, really wobbly thing. And, and it can also be really subtle as well. Yeah, there. There's no way of saying this without sounding kind of pretentious, but when we started making uh, harmonizers and then ultimately ultra harmonizers, they were priced out of many musicians' capabilities, right? So the only way you had access to these effects were going to high-end studios or, or the, the studios of the day, right? 
So when all these other manufacturers started coming out with the products that you just mentioned, it made that kind of processing available to more and more people. But in reality, that micro pitch shifting is so iconic. Um, you know, uh, again, we invented it in the late 70s uh, that people would be able to find it in more affordable pedals. Uh, but yeah, the, the original gangster micro pitch delay even tied, you know, <laughs> Definitely. Uh, another another thing I will say is that uh, you already touched upon it. It's got a unique character because the micro pitch shifting sounds very chorus like, you know, but it's a chorus without a wobble because it's yeah. kind of like a constant effect. Right. And I think this is one of the things that, uh, you know, Eddie Van Halen liked uh, that didn't sound overly modulated, but just right to get that spread as one guitarist in the band. Right. Um, yeah. And one of the features of the pedal is adding pitch modulation to further add the kind of modulate modulatory characteristics. I don't know if that's movement. the right phrase, right? The movement that people are used to, right? So for example, in my tutorial, when I'm talking about the modulation section, I, I, I mentioned the, the classic micro pitch sound is that constant modulated tone, but you can use the modulation section to further add that kind of movement people are used to with regular chorus pedals. Yeah, I've always found that my favorite chorus is, is this, my old um, C2, and I've always just set it like this, so the rate's all the way down and then the depth basically all the way up, which is kind of going for that sort of thing that you're saying about you get that sort of char characteristic but one of the things that i felt was when i was watching you uh, and you were strumming it made your your electric guitar sound like a 12 string acoustic almost because it had that wow. real jangliness to it it was it was really nice i suppose when you listen to someone play a 12 string there's gonna be like micro tuning increments where where it's out a little bit here and there so it's gonna ha it is actually doing exactly the same thing Correct. And, you know, this is a technique we employ on some of our more advanced algorithms, uh, some of which you even find on products like our H9 Max, but most of them you'll find on processors like the H9000. But like you said, it's all based off this micro pitch shifting capability, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That. We, we have got a question that's coming from Mark Wall. Um, it's not really about, about this so much, but I'll, I'll hit us with it. Uh, he says, firstly, let me start by saying thank you so very, very much um, for doing the interview. But um, secondly, when is the H10 coming out? <laughs> so, yeah, you're obviously going to give us that answer, aren't you? <laughs> the, the H10? I'm sorry, I don't follow. I, isn't it already out? The HX? That's H10, right? Is that HX out? HX stomp. Oh, oh, yeah. oh man. Come on, you like, can't tell me that whoa. HX doesn't doesn't yeah. really mean h10 it's, come it on it says it right like it says it right there <laughs> hx not gonna lie i'm a fan i, I own hx stomp i love it but uh h10 no there there's yeah. there's nothing in the pipeline right now jay mate you need to upgrade to one of these <laughs> yeah dude that's, those that's things are killer Ooh. Uh, one, one of my guitar buddies scott gaylor showed me that and uh i gotta tell you killer pedal man mm. Yeah, it is. I've been using it for an awful lot recently, and um, it's just I've been recreating very complex pedals in patches, just to see yeah. like for, for something I'm working on. But um, 
Yeah, uh, it's <laughs> it is such a good unit. It really is. Oh, dear. Especially given how compact it is, you know? Yeah, it, it's exactly the same unit as the big one. Exactly the same processing and everything as the big one. It's just incredible. Uh, wow. Absolutely mad. Yeah. So um, H9 has been around for ages. How old is that now? I think it's 2015, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. So Seems that's when the first iteration, the, the H9 standard, was, was released. Then we released the Max version and then the Core. Mm. But uh, maybe you were aware of the news that Eventide is just going to stick with the H9 Max going forward. So anybody out there who owns a Core or a Standard, you have until the end of the month to purchase additional algorithms. However, uh, indefinitely, you have a, an upgrade path to the H9 Max. And the benefits, obviously, are that you get all 52 algorithms, right? But yeah, it's, this is a, that's a box that's, that's been out since around 2015, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you see them on so many boards. They're immensely yeah. popular. Uh, Mark Wall has replied saying, sorry, H9 version 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, right, currently there are, there are no plans. Uh, as you might have guessed, we're, our focus right now is, mm. is uh, making this line of pedals uh, available to more and more players. Um, a product like the H9 Max is, is just in a, in a certain price point that uh, is not uh, available to many people. So we're, we're trying to make people aware of the cool possibilities via this dot nine line, but nothing in the pipeline with regards to the H nine at the moment. Yeah, yeah, that's that's it. These these are really really handy because they uh, they seem to just make a little bit more sense um, of the. You don't get the option paralysis sort of thing going on that you can with something like like the HX Stomp and these sort of things where. You know, not in a million years would you be able to use every single effect and everything that's that's in here, uh, and like master it. But when you get a single pedal like like the micro pitch, you, you can master that. But there's more to that than, than meets the eye, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, crazy. you know, one of, many players have always um, told us that some of our other products, H9 Max, and even our Factor series stuff like the Time Factor and Space. They're great, but they they just seemed overly complicated. And and what we decided to do with this line was just really focus on how pedal users typically experience other brands, right? You'll notice there's not much nomenclature on the front panel. It's straightforward. There's no display showing you what exact, you know, uh, parameter setting you're at or, or any of that. So... It kind of forces you to use your ears, which is, which is, I think, a great thing. You know? But there's a feature on it that gets around that as well, isn't there? Because you've got the two different types of uh, way of setting the subdivisions, haven't you? So you've got the delay time that you can set, or you can um, press and hold the button above the tap, I think it was, and then it turns the delays into uh, subdivisions uh, and certain, yeah. like, certain scents are one subdivision then another one is another subdivision and so on and so forth so you managed to answer that for people who want it to be precise whilst letting so, everyone else use their ears sort of thing yeah there there are two modes with the pedal time mode and tempo mode tempo mode is what you referred to it allows you to access notes that are subdivisions of the, the current bpm 
And if you really wanted to see what knob position corresponded to each subdivision versus just listening for it, we do have an application called Eventide Device Manager that makes it more obvious. But most of the times, at least the way I set delays, it's a, it's a feel thing, right? Mm. You tap your tempo and then you turn the knob until you get that kind of interplay between delays that is what you were looking for, for your, for your music, right? So, but yeah, if you really want to be precise, there is the Eventide Device Manager software that you can access using the USB port uh, on uh, the back of the micro pitch delay or the black hole, right? Uh, but again, uh, yeah, so when you're in time mode, you can sweep this in milliseconds, and when you're in tempo mode, you're actually accessing uh, subdivisions, like you said. I was, I was quite impressed with the, the maximum amount of uh, delay time. It's... Um... So you had uh, on one mode it was three seconds, and on the other mode it was six seconds. That's a long time. Wow. Yeah. Again, a lot of people demand more and more from their delays nowadays. So looping is is something essential for a lot of sound designers or, or modular guys who are performing over motifs, right? So that that's why you know in in this day and age with the kind of processing power available to us. It's a it's it's a necessity to have that much delay time. Yeah, I, I can see this being used not just on a lot of boards, but also on a lot of studios and these sort of things. That, you know, once you've processed your guitar and get it on there and start using it, because um, it's much smaller than the rack unit would be, but it's still giving you all that processing power. It's um, amazing. Yeah, you know, we do have software versions of this algorithm, um, but uh, so many of us are using, you know, modelers or products like the Strymon Iridium or, or our, uh, you know, Cabzeus, GFI, you know, all these modelers to go straight in because we want the sound from our board on our record, right? And we can use plugins and all that, but when it comes time to take those sounds on the road, you got to reprogram everything versus where if you, if you do it right off your pedal board uh, using the Sims and all that, I don't know it seems to me like it would be more accessible and more fun to tweak knobs than it is mouse knobs yeah. on plugins, right? Oh, yeah. But again, every, everybody has their techniques. I'm not knocking anybody. I'm just, you know, uh, these are the, 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 there's so many ways that we, can, uh, that we can use to take advantage of the tools that we have, right? Yeah. I'm, when I was watching your video of it, the, the, the surprising thing for me was... Um, Firstly, when I opened it up and I was like, oh, micro pitch. Oh, it must be like a harmonizer. And I, I, I had my head set and, and how it should be. And then as I was reading through it, I was like, hang on a minute. Some of this just isn't. It was like I had a filter on my head and I was only letting through what I wanted to see. That's what I turned around <laughs> to. And I was like, how, how many pitches? Can this do an octave and stuff like this? And you're like, no, man, no, no, it's not that at all. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, and yeah, it's it's so super cool. But I was so shocked by watching your video and just seeing um, how the variety of things that this does. Yeah, when when most of us think of pitch shifting, we think of like diatonic pitch shifting and and uh, pitch shifters that follow the progression you're playing, like on a MIDI keyboard. All valid, very interesting stuff. But this technique of micro pitch shifting that we pioneered, right? Um, is really kind of looking in between the lines of, like I said, a semitone. 
there's a there's a universe to be discovered there and this pedal is the portal right uh and like you said with the onboard delays and feedback and modulation it just adds even even further excitement within such a small scale musically right yeah it's going to end up being like someone's particular flavor you know when you listen to a band and you hear that band guitarist and, and you recognize that guitarist and you're like that's them but you're not 100 sure why you recognize that it's that guitarist that will be that sort of thing won't it yeah uh, you know and and through the years there have been other manufacturers that have uh tried to offer their version of this flavor right so in an, in essence i've always said we, we were kind of late to our own game yeah we are the we are the company that coined the term algorithm uh, we are arguably also the company that coined the term plugin because back when the SP2016 reverb came out, we were the first company that allowing people to plug in customizable ROM chip effects into our hardware processors, right? So all of these amazing algorithms that we've developed through the years that previously you could only find on our Ultra Harmonizer line of products, um, pedal manufacturers kind of said, well, I can take those individual algorithms and create my own pedals right so and they were doing that before we were so like i said we're late to our own party and this is kind of our answer to the okay we're here we're committed to the pedal market and we want to give people all these unique effects that you've heard on records through the years uh, make them accessible to you i I think also when people are playing live it's going to give uh, even in a small venue, it's going to give that big sound that a, a lot of people look for. You know, you, you can play a, a venue and there can be maybe 30 people there, or it can be 300 people there, and you can it can still sound a bit flat, especially if the the room isn't particularly nice. This, this will give that sort of openness. So the same sort of thing you're hearing on the demos, you're going to be able to bring that live and just make it just all sound massive. And that, that's really exciting. That's why it was very important for us to make it also MIDI programmable, right? So you have five onboard presets, but you can access 127 using MIDI capabilities. Uh, Most of us who are playing live uh, employ that kind of power via MIDI controller, be it, uh, you know, Boss ES5, ES8, or uh, Musicom Labs stuff, or or whatever. But um, yeah, in an instant, from one song to uh, to the next, pop music these days... You really got to have an arsenal of sounds to be able to, to render, you know, different vibes from one song to the next, the way artists do from one album to the other. And, you know, this line, although it's, it's an, a more affordable line, using MIDI via the TRS input was important and necessary for the reasons that you just stated so that you can harness this, this kind of power on stage. And you've also added uh, spillover and these sort of things into it. You've got three different types of uh, bypass. You've got buffered and you've got two others. Can you explain what the two others are? Let me clarify a little bit what you just said, because when you go from one preset to another, there is no spillover. So I want to make that clear. However, when you bypass the effect, yes, the trails can keep on going. Uh, there it, when you use a, D, a bypass mode called DSP plus effects, right? Um, so yeah, that, that's the one you would want to use if you deactivate the effect and you want to not have your trails cut off, right? The other mode you have, uh, 
uh, re relay bypass, which is like a true bypass. So there's a hardwire connection from input to output. And then the other bypass mode is buffered bypass, right? And this is the one that you want to use whenever you are using mismatch impedance pedals in your rig, right? From input to output. Uh, usually that can cause uh, your sound to be degraded in, in some way or another. And using a buffered input makes up for that. So those are the options available to you. That's interesting. So the the one with the spillover of the bypass, that, it, uh, that is still buffered. Correct. Yeah. Correct. We, we, we call that just DSP buffered, right? Um, that's why it's DSP plus effects. So you get the buffered input plus the effects trails. It, there, there's also kill dry, because I'll answer a question that we might get during this. This is not a an analog dry path pedal, right? It's it's fully digital. Um, so if you are one of the, the purists out there, you can put the pedal in kill dry mode so that you can run an analog parallel signal to it, right? Uh, there are a few musicians that, that are on tour that employ this technique just to pr preserve their tone, you know? Uh, and basically in kill dry mode, the mix knob acts as just like a like an effects level control, right? That's interesting. See, when I was watching the video of it, um, when you were, you know, bypassing it and then kicking it on with uh, all the effects off, I couldn't hear a difference. Now, I know that's through a YouTube uh, video and these sort of things, but I've got pretty good ears and I've, you know, I've watched a lot of these, played a, a, a ton of pedals, and I can usually hear the difference when the pedal's on yeah, and what people would call the tone suck and that sort of thing. Didn't hear a thing. Not, not, a, not a sausage. So, you know, uh, was I wrong? Or is that something you, you've um, nailed on that? Again, that's the way pedals ought to sound, right? They're not... Yeah. When you have them off, they're not supposed to color your tone. And usually if a pedal does color your tone, it might indicate a problem like mismatch impedances, right? Um, in, in some cases. But again, we, we pay very close attention to that. In fact, uh, one... Uh, on, on our newer line of pedals, we're tapering the range of the knob to give you a greater sense of the dry signal. So basically, when you put it at fifth uh, in the middle, some people would think, oh, that's an equal amount of dry and an equal amount of wet. When in reality, that point is somewhere more like there, like two thirds of the way up. We do this so you have a greater sense of the dry signal through a longer portion of the range. Um, that way, none of the effects sound overly wet, etc. Right. So these are the kind of things we're we're paying attention to with regards to preserving your tone, and um, yeah. So that's why we did that. All right. Okay. Uh, let me ask you one more question. Um, what was the first even type pedal? Because you've been going fifty years now, and uh, not you, obviously. Um, <laughs> you're only twenty eight. Um, but <laughs> what? Um, you know, what was the first one? Well, not necessarily That's pedal, good, but the know, first unit. I, I'm not sure I know the answer to that, and I should, but I think it was the time factor. I may be wrong. It was either pitch, mod pitch or time factor, because those those came subsequently in close hmm. proximity to each other. I know the last one, obviously, was the H9 line, then space, but I'm not sure which one was first. It, it may have been mod pitch or time. I, you got me there. <laughs> I should know the answer to that. 
Do you know what the first problem? But it was it was it was it was one of the members of the factor yeah. line, right? And this predates all the Strymon stuff and all that. We were the first ones to kind of codify advanced algorithms into like a pedal format. Um, uh, well, actually, no. There, there, there were there were others. Digitech made some great products back in the day that that were pedal formats. I remember owning the the, the Digitech RP1. I thought I I owned a studio's worth of effects uh, in Oops. those floorboards, right? But in terms of pedals oh, yeah. that were like three button compact, yeah, the the Factor series from Eventide I think really pushed the boundary there a little bit. You know? I think they still sound bloody good today as well. They really do sound great. Again, those pedals were based on some of the most popular algorithms from our ultra harmonizer processors, right? When you own something like an H9000 and you look at just the sheer number of parameters available to you within these algorithms, you go cross-eyed. There's a lot of power and control there. So with that factor line, we decided to take the most widely used effects and kind of condense them into like a 10 parameter paradigm. So it would be a little more translatable to pedal users, right? But yeah, those algorithms, they're the same ones in essence as, as you've heard on records through the years. That was the whole, the whole goal with that line, right? And yeah, those pedals are a couple years old now, but those sounds are not. Those are still very advanced, very powerful ways of processing audio that uh, are still useful. You know, those you'll find them in the H9 Max. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember, you you still see them on a lot of boards, and um, you know they are they are bloody good, really, really bloody good. And and like then it came out with then the Strowman stuff came along, and then Boss started catching up with them and bringing out their own versions. But again, you kind of kickstarted a big revolution there. Again, we're celebrating our 50th anniversary, um, and uh, we, the company started back in 71, 72. We were the company that brought digital delay to the audio industry. We were the company that brought pitch shifting to the industry, effects like reverse delay, reverse reverb. We were the first ones. Um, and then the, 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 we were the first company to do presets on a hardware processor, right? So imagine that. Um, but And one of the things that we pride ourselves on was that since the days of the SP2016 Reverb, which was actually a, a multi-effects processor, uh, we have given our sound design software away for, for free to anybody who could code and had the adequate system. So you yourself could design your own effects and incorporate them into our boxes. So right now... If you owned an H9000, you could actually download VSIG and open up some of our algorithms and, and create your own or make edits to existing ones and, and create new sounds, right? So this is, this is something we've always done and maybe to our own detriment because it's probably um, been used as a learning tool by others to expand you know, the, the effects horizon, etc., but nonetheless, you know, what I'm getting at is uh, 50 years and a, a lot of these sounds that were previously only available in high-end processors, now you can get them in affordable packages, right? Yeah, you know, you hear of all these companies that were like, oh, this person used to work at Line 6, this, is, this other person used to work at Line 6, and so on and so forth. You know, 
that, that includes people like Strymon and that there's so so many companies out there where oh you know uh, I, think, I think Maris are another one where they used to work at Line Six and so on and so forth. Uh, and there is a huge, huge chance that they've used your software to kind of like learn how to make their own. So that, that's 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 a I very think, generous. I mean, you. I find that I find that incredibly beautiful because thanks to that and people's creativity, they're they're going out and starting their own companies, like you know Strymon and Maris, and and just coming up with insane, awesome processes, you know, and that's exciting, man. And nowadays, the, the, the knowledge is available for anybody to capitalize on. And these new coders, these new, um, this new talent, just bringing more to the table, finding new ways of, of using similar techniques or, or I think it's wonderful. It's, it's, it's what's also inspiring our own developers to, to further the arts of audio processing. Yeah, there's I'm all for it. Nothing better than a bit of competition so <laughs> to uh, spur you on. Absolutely, especially as a musician. You know, as a musician myself, I I want unique, unheard of sounds. Yeah, yeah, this is great. So let, let's open it up to Mr. Budget Pedal Chap and, and Ollie. How how would you guys utilize the micro pit? Good, good okay. question. Good question. Um, I think Ollie's looking for a, a space on his um, on his board. Yeah. Recently, so my so. my my board's got a there's there's a delay shaped hole at the end of it. After everything else, there's a, there's a delay shaped space, and I, it's almost convenient that this was announced on on the day that I was looking at delay pedals. Um, yeah, I, I, oh man, especially considering a lot of the stuff that I play and will be playing over the, like, hopefully over the coming months, um, that sort of super wide lead sound, like the Van Halen thing, and arguably probably like Def Leppard and all that, because they're all renowned for ridiculous amounts of effects, That that's the stuff I'm going to be playing. So it's like, if that pedal is that missing piece that I can't quite get anywhere else, which it sounds like it is, and it fills my delay hole for all the regular stuff as well. Oh, man. Yeah, it's gonna, so... It's going to be an ex- it's gonna be expensive <laughs> for me. <laughs> but it, it affords you that opportunity, doesn't it? Like, because yeah. you're, you are an individual guitarist within a, a band that's trying to recreate, like, stadium rock pieces. And yeah. if you're trying to take on Def Leppard with their, like, three guitar... Yeah, like, we, we've got massive. we've got two guitarists, so like oh, there'll you? be the rhythm and the lead, but arguably the the rhythm's going to stay there. So the lead needs to be wide, and like when playing Van Halen, it's just going to be me playing like cause it's a singer who plays guitar as well. Like playing stuff like Van Halen, it's only going to be me playing. Yeah, uh, it might it's going to be needed. And I'm ta- as we're doing this, I'm talking myself into buying one right now. <laughs> Can you? <laughs> I mean, they, they, will, will they go, make- that's one sale. Will it make a, a mono? Uh, will it make a mono rig sound stereo? Do you think? No. The, no. The, the technical answer is no. But will it give you a dimension to your sound? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there's one name that keeps like springing to mind when I'm when I'm hearing about this stuff, and it's it's Randy Rhodes and yeah. oh. those massive, <laughs> massive sounds that he got by like, yes. like dual tracking and quad tracking and just like the absolute like laser precision for, for which he used to record his his guitar parts uh oh, and man. having that at the touch of 
like the, uh, like the, the touch of your foot being able to kind of <laughs> i'd say emulate randy Rhodes in a in a in a sense emulate randy Rhodes because i mean <laughs> none of yeah. us are none of us are that good um, yeah to, to get that sound you need multiple delay paths and yeah. you get that you get two of them here but the the added edge is that you get to detune them yeah. and like i said that there's a psychoacoustic effect there that adds to uh this working really well for those lead tones you're talking about yeah this is the what what you're talking about what this pedal does is stuff that i've used in production like when i when i, I was doing some producing last year and i had a vocal line that needed to be way bigger and i'd only been sent one line so i did the thing where i i split it into three and on the left side i detuned it by a few cents and on the right side i tuned it up by a few cents then all of a sudden it went from being like this tiny lead vocal in the last chorus to this just gigantic thing just through a simple thing yeah, it had a little bit of movement to that, just like a, a tad of movement, and then you start to get little imperfections in there as well, don't you? Yeah, exactly, and it just it just works, and it's whether it's magic or science or what, it just works, and there's no, yeah. And it's a, it's, it's a, another an way of sound. doing ADT, right? A ADT previously in the old days, people used tape machines and and used that that echo to kind of do double tracking things. This, is in a similar way, does it, but giving you shifts in pitch, right? But uh, again, it, it's, it's, it's a very unique sound, and it's made it onto a lot of records because of that. Joe, what's your favorite effect? Don't say the micro pitch. <laughs> My Let me tell you, it's, it's hard. It's hard to give you one favorite, but... Uh, on uh, on an H9 Max, my favorites are Pitch Fuzz, which is an algorithm that combines fuzz distortion, three chromatic harmonies, and dual delay. And you can kind of make the delays arpeggiate with one another, etc. So that's one of the uh, H9 exclusive algorithms that you'll find on the Max. Got to hear that. Second to that... <laughs> yeah, I need, I need to hear that. <laughs> there, there are plenty of videos um, in our... In our, on our YouTube page that you can check out. Uh, after that, I would probably say Mod Echo Verb. Uh, it's a, a reverb that combines modulation, echo, and reverb. And instantaneously, in my, to my ears, it sounded like the intro to Pull Me Under from Dream Theater, right? That epic kind of full clean tone reverb that, that you hear on the, those first few notes. When I played that as a as a new H9 Max owner, I was like, "What is this?" <laughs> you know, this is like when I had first joined the company six years ago or whatever. So that's the one I I always go back to, and and um, yeah. But then there have been so many interesting releases, like the Tricera Chorus algorithm uh, that we that that was the last H9 Max algorithm that we released. Uh, for any Michael Landau fans there, this is an algorithm for you. It is based, you can achieve two different types of chorusing. The classic Bucket Brigade that you hear on some of the, the pedals that, uh, that you shared. Uh, or the Ditronics tri-chorusing that he was known for. <laughs> right. Um, 
So that algorithm gives you three voices. And on top of that, you have a micro pitch shift detuning circuit all built into the same thing. So if uh, when I, I, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a heavy metal guy. So I love those like chorus clean tones. And that is the algorithm that gives me those tones, you know? So I remember when I, uh, I mean, I, I could go, I could go on and on. I could start telling you about algorithms that only exist in the H9000 harmonizer, but obviously what, what about, not accessible to most. What about outside of Eventide? Are you allowed to say? Absolutely. As you can see, I, I own a lot of Maris pedals and Earthquaker devices pedals. I particularly like all the glitchy corruptor yeah. stuff, right? Yeah. Um, Love uh, the data corruptor. Uh, We've got a great video like, of her. You know, as you can see, I, I really love the, the HX Stomp and the variety of, of models that you get with it. Um, when I do my video tutorials, this is what I'm using as an amp, right? Mm. Uh, because instantaneously, I could go from a stereo setup to a mono setup when I need to, right? But more importantly, it's just the sheer amount of quality models that, that are in here, right? And, uh, you know, when, when I'm playing in the garage with my friends, I use, also use this uh, in a small setup, right? Along with my H9 in the effects loop. Um, but yeah, I have my collection of drives, etc. So uh, I have some Pharaoh fuzzes there that I really enjoy using. <laughs> that King of Tone up there yeah. in the middle of the top. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a must-have. You know, a lot of people want to hear how our effects sound in their rigs, and that just seems to be a staple in in a lot of uh, touring musicians' rigs. You know, I can see uh, I can see the black hole up there at the end as well. Uh, that that's been on my board since I got it. It hasn't moved. It's it's absolutely even with the uh, GT one thousand on my board. Even though it's got a load of reverbs on it, it uh, I haven't taken because it just doesn't do the same thing. That that black hole is is quite unique. It's um it's very yeah. I like you can up there. You can see the the Earthquaker devices after Neath. I really yeah. love that effect right there. Um, what other than the Boss CE2W, I love the uh, the Julia. Um, uh, so, you know, that's another analog chorus pedal. I've just um, bought a new one out as well. My, my favorite drive is really the Timmy, and it's, you know, a very basic oh, overdrive. But I saw the that. Timmy I is saw what, that I, what I use video. to kind of beef up my tone yeah. when I'm... Yeah, that Timmy pedal is sick, man. It is. What do you want to talk about now, boys? <laughs> <laughs> I reckon it's about time that we do we do the next uh, next couple of stages of the Pedal World Cup because we've got we've got a, a special guest on here and it might even out the uh, even out the scores a bit. We've we've had a few ties. So just to kind of explain what the what the Pedal World Cup is, um, basically we've we've gone through like a tournament World Cup style of kind of classic pedals and we're trying to find the ultimate winner um it, and it, it's, today, it's soccer joe it's soccer soccer <laughs> football football indeed indeed um so yeah today we've got we've got quite a um uh quite a face-off we've got two um absolute classics that are facing off against each other which is the uh, the Ibanez TS9 versus the Dunlop Crybaby? So in our first round, we we're gonna kind of sing the praises of of either or both, and then we have to make a decision on which one. 
as well as those in the audience as well get to get to vote on this. Uh, which version of the TS9? Well, which version of the Crybaby? You're getting very specific here. Yeah, which, which, which version of the Crybaby as well? Because there's a thousand of yeah. them. Exactly. He, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he, he's been very, we, very we, specific on certain pedals, and then as vague as you want. Like, um, with with certain things, it's like the Dallas Arbiter Rangemaster, and then you've gone for the Dunlop Crybaby. But then, if we're going for like the Dallas Arbiter Rangemaster <laughs> or um, or the Solar Tone Bender and what, I can't remember what fuzz face it was we went for, but I think that was a, uh, a Dallas Arbiter, wasn't it? We should have gone for the Gen Crybaby, surely. The the answer to that question is whichever is your favourite of each. <laughs> um, <laughs> Very diplomatic. So the the the, the best the best of the Crybabies for yourself versus the best version of the TS9 for yourself. Uh, I mean, because as as Lee did say, we we went as vague as saying the Big Muff, uh, and we all know that there's about five billion mm. different variants <laughs> on that and that's not including like the jsa the mods and yeah exactly yeah. exactly <laughs> uh so i didn't want to like exclude people's favorites so i was a little bit vague in in when setting this up so we've got uh our first one is t like ts9 versus the cry baby so we've got to argue our points. Our, our, uh, our good friend Lowell just called you um, Vague Mister. <laughs> vague Mister. Yeah, vague okay. Meister, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> so out of these two, I think in terms of pedal that I would get the most use out of, because I own both. I've got a Crybaby Classic there, and I've got various Tube Screamer iterations ranging from like the Moore uh, Green Mile to like the Ibanez Mini, and I've got some, like, boutique um, Tube Screamer variants down here. I think, if I'm thinking about how much I step on, on these during a show, um, the Crybaby might get one or two songs. The Tube Screamer is guaranteed almost every song. You're such a dad guitarist, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> Unashamedly dad. Unashamedly, yes. Very much so. Um, so I'm I'm throwing my hat straight into the ring, and I'm saying Tube Screamer. Um, uh, and I think there's so many ways that we can argue that. Um, we we mentioned it last time the Tube Screamer was on it actually about how it can be used as a boost, how it can be used to kind of fatten up single coils, how it's used in metal rigs to tighten up bass response and and just get everything in the right right mix. Um, I I don't see a, any way that the the cry baby's getting out of this one alive. Uh, does all of that better. Do you know what? The t- t- two guitarists that made me want to play guitar uh, were um, well, I'd say one's a guitarist, one's a band, and the band main band was going to be Metallica, and you know that it's all wild air, uh, and then the main guitarist was going to be Joe Satriani, and there's so much wild air. It's it just I I've never actually had a cheap screamer on a board. I've I've had better things, so um, yeah, it's got to be Crybaby. Sorry, got to be Crybaby. I mean, you mentioned Satch there. Uh, Satch had his uh, like very own signature Vox um, Ice Nine drive, which was essentially a tube screen with a bass control. Uh, Metallica have have. I'm sure they've been using tube screamers to tighten up their amps. Uh, I believe Metallica were rat users back in the day. In the early days, in the kill em all days, they were rat users. Not tube rat. screamers. Which, I mean, the, if what is the rat if not just a 
hyped up tube screamer. <laughs> a very, a very angry tube screamer. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure I can blag that one. Can I? Um, no, where's I'm, that mute button? <laughs> so I own both as well. I built this TS9, and I've got the John Petrucci uh, crybaby in the other room, and purely just for how it sounds for me. I've got to go with the Petrucci. I've got to go with the crybaby. Mm. Just because when that goes on, that is a sound and a half. And it's it's more classic than the yeah. DS9 as well. You know, it's been nothing, around a lot longer. Nothing sounds like a crybaby. There's a lot of things that can replace. About, not replace it. from like a, a Vox or a Morley or a... They, say, <laughs> they sound similar See, enough. A Morley, a Morley doesn't have the same sweep. Because uh, no, I I own I own a Morley wire as well. I own the Tremonti uh, one, and they're too bloody big as well. They're like oh, they, they are huge. <laughs> they are it's ridiculously big. Even their small one is still massive. They're like we brought a mini one. <laughs> However, huge. I mean, this ain't taking up much space on your pedal board, is it? No, but neither's a no. mini crybaby. So currently, Joe, currently Joe, we've got. You, you two are being complete heathens. Um, <laughs> fortunately, the um, the the chat is backing me up. We've got uh, we've got Matt Quine of of Fret Talk Podcast. Uh, he's he's saying TS9. He's also throwing his hat in for the fuzz face later on, uh, but we'll leave that for now. So we've got the TS9. Uh, Lel, who's one of our um, video guys for Pedalboards of Doom, he's voting for the rap for some reason. Um, so it's not even an option, though. Come on, get, get, Va- valid entry. That is a valid entry. Yeah. So we've got one for the rat, even though the rat, it's not. rat's not in this race. Uh, we've got two for the tube screamer, two for the uh, two for the cry baby. So Joe, wow. the deciding cry. I'm I'm afraid I'm I'm a biased opinion here, but it I guess it really depends. What music you play, right? For so many Are you gonna decades. Tell us? Are you going to tell uh, us well, that you, you... invented the war? <laughs> <laughs> the Q-War algorithm from the age... No, no I'm just kidding. What, what, I, what I'm getting at is, you know, for, for so long, the Crybaby was the pedal guitarist used to stand out, right? Funk guitar players, uh, R&B, uh, you know, early rock days. That was, that was the pedal, man. You know, and um, however, my upbringing, for the reasons already mentioned, it was that secret sauce. You know, if we're talking about secret sauce pedals, TS9 is the secret sauce pedal that forced so many amp designers to rethink their circuitry, right? Because they were like, well, why are these people using this? pedal to enhance my my amp my amp should be doing this automatically you know and i'm gonna have to say the the ts9 ts9 for, for those reasons but I, uh, but again i, I I'm, I'm biased because i'm a metal guy and and it, that was just the pedal that you stuck behind the amp to give it that extra <laughs> magic you know? i know there's a reason yeah. i like you joe I knew there's there's think about how well zach wild uses a wild pedal Think about how badly Kirk Hammett uses one. Yeah, and still, <laughs> still, you know, it made I me mean, want to play that, um, that's, that, that's the entire reason why the war now no longer is that kind of thing to stand out above the crowd, is for overusing reasons. 
Yeah, I mean, for me, the, I, I had to pick the Crybaby because Slash was one of the reasons I got into guitar. Mm. And, like, the, the, the Appetite for Destruction solos, pretty much every single one of those solos has War somewhere in it. And, and it's, 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 I'm surprised yeah. he never went back to it for the later records, you know? Yeah, like, it's, it's clearly someone told him off. Uh, uh, just, <laughs> I hate to burst your ghost bubble, but we've got another vote for the TS9, so um, that's that's a four to two right there. So, oh no, we're we're losing this battle, Ollie. There we go. Oh, right. Right. So we'll we'll leave it we'll leave it open for now, but we'll go on to the next one uh, just to keep things moving. The the vote the votes are still open. So what we got? We got the the first face versus the TC Electronics flashback. And as much as I'd love the flashback to go through, because it is, <laughs> it's kind of that staple of the, the like really affordable, but like ultimately uh, utilitarian uh, Swiss Army knife of delay. I've got to go for the first face. <laughs> I've got, to, I, I can't, I can't not. I can't like say that the TS9 is this like archetype of classic guitar tone, and then go, oh yeah, let's go for this uh, this delay from like twenty years ago. No, not even that long. Like oh. ten, if that. What the, the most? Flashback. The, Which one the, are we pitting? Are we pitting the flashback it, with? Yeah, the fuzz face. The fuzz face. The Dallas Arbiter fuzz face. Which and whichever variant of the fuzz face you decide is. <sighs> I, I would personally go for the Germania. There's no complaint. Uh, no. No. See, I, I've got a lot of respect for the flashback. I really do because when I. Um, what, you know, many years ago when I couldn't afford things like the time factor and the timeline, DD500 wasn't even out back then. Um, yeah, I couldn't afford these things. But the flashback times four, what was affordable, and it had this great looper built into it as well. And um, yeah, it was, uh, it gave me a lot of things. Um, so I had one, ended up sending it to my cousin, like more or less giving it to him um, because it was just, he wanted a lay pen. And I was like, look, don't spend your money on that. Just, here have this for the same money and um because i wanted him to have something good um and i upgraded to the dd 500 um but yeah i have a lot of respect for it but it's not the fuzz face <laughs> it's not, <laughs> yeah. not even close <laughs> yeah and i think i think the uh the phrase that we've been muttering the past kind of four weeks or so that at this point in the competition there are no losers they are all like fantastic pedals it's just we're now looking at the kind of the creme de la creme. It's like, a, it's like a primary school sports day. Yeah, yeah. You all get you all get a medal. You all win. No, but the, I mean, it, it genuinely is like if I had a, a pedal board that had all of the kind of semi finalists from this, I would be a happy guy. Uh, like I would, I would have a crybaby on there just because. Why would you not? I'd have a, a fuzz face and a TS nine, um, but. Because we are looking at narrowing it down to the ultimate killer pedal, it's got to be the first yeah, face fr- fr- and- from the from this World Cup. But it's um, you know there are there are more pedals out there. I, w- I wonder what um, where the H nine would have come. H <laughs> nine does it all. Next next time we do it, we'll, uh, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, H nine just kind of fast tracks to the uh, to the final. <laughs> maybe maybe next time we do one, we should do like a, a digital special. Yeah, oh, like a like yeah. a like, yeah the the kind of the, the digital realm because all of these were kind of classic analog ish pedals. 
Uh, if they were digital, they weren't like analog flashback. That, overly that, digital. Like they weren't like algorithms upon algorithms. That that really classic analog delay, the TC electronic flashback. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> it's, it's oh, got the well, heart what, what of an about, analog. What about the TC pedal? Um, the TC uh, reverb oh. that we had on here? That's also analog. Yep. Oh, the, that, the real, yeah. That it legitimately has an is analog. Room inside that, the pedal. Yeah, it's got tiny little, tiny little spring reverbs and like an, a, a giant room in the middle. It, so it's, a, it's basically a TARDIS, the Hall of Fame. Yeah, oh, oh, don't don't forget, don't forget that uh, that analog uh, whammy pedal. <laughs> yeah, that that was. Um... <laughs> yeah, it's l- gears and levers. It's very. So uh, I'll tell you what, you opened yourself up to that one beautifully, didn't you? You, were, you, you, you you ran headfirst into that. <laughs> you you get what I'm saying. Like they are individual, uh, individual effects, aren't they? It is the 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 uh, TC Electronics Hoff is a reverb. It's not a reverb that also will change your pitch and change your and add a fuzz and and all of this. It's just a reverb. So. Um, until until you start um, going in and editing all the um, oh what, the tone, print the tone stuff. prints and then you turn it into a chorus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you could do. Yeah, you could do. Uh, so I think we've we've got three on for the first phase. I think we've even got two more in the chat saying first phase. So Joe, I think this is largely uh, largely a moot point here. But what <laughs> if if it wasn't, what would you be voting for? I just think uh, from a utilitarian standpoint, the, the flashback is, is my, my choice. Number one, TC is also one of those giants, right, of the, of the digital audio world. And they've been, they've been doing amazing stuff for years. I owned a GeForce, you know. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. And world class, world class. And, and I, I always thought that the tone print concept was incredible and so much fun. And it extended the range of capability of that pedal. So that's the reason I would choose that. Um, yeah, uh, hard to not consider the the fuzz face iconic effect, but one dimensional in my view. So for those reasons, I would go flashback. Oh yeah, the, you the, might the, you might not have a flashback if you fuzz face the Dallas the fuzz face and it never existed. Eh? I don't what? know how you make that correlation. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, well, just because it was like one of the very very first pedals. So it started a pedal boom and yeah, people innovated. I see, I, I see, I see. Yeah, it's, it's uh, a very interesting. tentative okay. link. So you're, you're, you're kind of going back to the beginning of the universe here. Yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's like, it's like the, it was like the it, it was a big effect. bang pedal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, we, we are we are taking in, we have all the way along taken into consideration its effect throughout history, a bit like we did with the Quiet Baby and, and then still went for the TS9 Joe. But not <laughs> <laughs> mine. Joe, Joe my don't man. bring up the blue box either. He'll get, he'll get, yeah. he'll start crying. He gets a little salty. <laughs> the the yeah, blue he... box drew against the TS9, and then Mr. Budget Pedal Chap had to call it. I I asked for an independent adjudicator, and they said TS9. They they actually laughed when I said blue box. So I. Uh... <laughs> I like okay. how you got to choose who you asked. You probably knew they were going to laugh when you said it. I mean, I did ask the president of the Tube Screamer fan club, so <laughs> association. Yeah, it was... There probably is one. Let me tell you. Yes, oh, I'd yeah. appreciate it. It's going to be. Uh, it's going to be Josh from JHS. Let me tell you that bonsai pedal. I'm jonesing for that thing, man. Mm. Yeah, got, yeah, yeah. I've got that one. The um, the muff letter. It's so good. Nice. 
yeah very very nice. good that. indeed i mean that's that's pretty much the the muff that i suggested for the uh the pedal world world cup is just all of the muffs <laughs> yeah. all, all the muff <laughs> i will take all of the muffs indeed uh so i think <laughs> i think we, we've we've wrapped that there pretty much we've got a ts9 we've got the first face uh to be honest that went the way that i would have expected uh, it was it was a lot closer for the ts9 i thought that would have absolutely stormed it but um it was close it was a close race but we tried lee we tried we, we got there we got there. We i mean i'm still still upset that the tc mojo mojo hasn't hasn't made it through <laughs> um Did- didn't you have like three of those at one point on your board? I, I mean, I, I still own three of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is, is there going to be a third and fourth place match? Oh god, no, probably not. That's just. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's you got to go by World Cup rules, you know. We we get confused <laughs> enough just doing first and second place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God. <laughs> right. We might do it though. We might do it on on the on the final. We might do like a little bonus for the for the last one. Gentlemen, we need to bear in mind that our friend Joe has to run off to another live uh, live stream very shortly. Um, Indeed, so of course. Shall we wrap things up for today and uh, do our what you've been up to's and new pedals and everything next week? We can do. Yeah, we can do. Uh, it's been an absolutely wonderful cast. I've I've really enjoyed learning about this uh, this new amazing, uh, essentially Randy Rhodesizer. Yeah, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm, awesome. I'm, I'm gonna go and spend a lot of money. Indeed. <laughs> so there you go. I mean, it, it was worth it because you've you've got at least one sale there. So that's it. You just I, need to. I think I need one. Individually convince people on hour-long podcasts that they need to buy it. <laughs> oh, one you know an what? Hour. If 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 Ollie's getting one and I've got one, then because um, mine mine's going to be on its way soon. So I'm really excited to play. We're, we're just going to be talking about that for the next like couple of months. <laughs> Yeah, we, we're going to have this exact same podcast in like three weeks' time, uh, where well, I'm just sitting it, there going, "Okay, guys." Because well, it does going, um, like line effects, because it does line level stuff. What I'll do is when we live stream, I will, I will have run the, yourself I'll, through I, the. I will. I'll run my voice through the pedal. Nice. Just... That'll be fun. <laughs> That'll be a lot of fun. It's just like wow. Ollie sounds like really, really beefy this week. He's, yeah. He's like. <laughs> It's, it says it's like testosterone has hit him like a truck. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's fun. Indeed, yeah. I might have to try that. Indeed, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, pl- please don't, because we've we've had it where <laughs> um, <laughs> certain uh, certain podcast people have sent me audio that has been uh, affected. So please, please, <laughs> if you're gonna do that, at least at least save me the the unaffected audio. I think uh, I did that once, deliberately. I think I sent it with like loads of reverb. That's you. <laughs> hello, hello. Oh my gosh, that's funny. Right, so let's wrap wrap this podcast up as as we usually do. Um, so I mean, it's been an amazing amazing journey this week, and thank you, listeners and viewers, for joining us. Um, if you want to support us in an extra special way. Uh, you can be one of our Patreon backers, which is patreon.com slash fret talk. I'll do that again because that was exciting. Slash. Yeah. Uh, you mean like the guy who uses the crybaby? Indeed. That, that slash. Like, yeah. I mean, he probably has a TS9 as well. He's a, uh, you know. <laughs> I'd be very surprised if he didn't have one. 
Only so, if it's branded by Gibson. Just like shoot it in the yard with like a shotgun or something. Well, I mean, he's he's an MXR guy, isn't he? He's, he's got a few yeah. MXR pedals. However, yeah. we are doing the end of a podcast. Let's <laughs> let's mention our Patreon backers. So we've got Mr. Andrew Bimpson. We've got Mr. Adam Yeomans of Chev Tone Effects. We have got Mr. Doug Christ of 37 Effects. We have got Joe Plays Riffs, Joseph Richardson, and he's of Abstractium Bands. We have got Hugh G. Rection. We have got Mr. Ben Fletcher. <laughs> and we have got Mr. Brian Gower of the Tone Jerks podcast. I mean, I, I, I read this out every week and I forget the fact that we have got a Patreon backer called Hugh G. Rection. And the, the, the look on your face there, Joe, just, just said it all. <laughs> Worth every That's... penny that Hugh is sending us, that was. Um, we shouldn't really take the mic out of the guy's name, though. That is a bit bad, isn't it? I want, I want to meet him. I want of course to, you do. Um, Good old Hugh, have a pint with Hugh. He's, he's, he's quite a stiff character, is uh, Hugh. Uh, <laughs> um, right, let's let's do our do our little plugs. You know what, Joe? I'm gonna I'm gonna allow you to plug some stuff uh, first because I mean you are our guest, and it would only be kind. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for having me. I had a blast speaking with everybody. I you know perhaps we can do it. In the future again when we introduce our next pedal but uh we'll have more to talk about uh coming up and uh once again thank you to all the supporters and uh keep doing what you're doing guys really appreciate it indeed so ollie you are mr ollie miles music at facebook yep. and, and uh, fa- facebook and instagram mostly instagram at ollie miles music buttes uh lee mr pedalboard of doom uh <laughs> facebook We've got the YouTube channel, which has got loads of interesting stuff. And uh, coming up pretty soon will be a, a demo of the pedal talked about today from our, our one and only Mr. Mikey. Uh, he does absolutely fantastic stuff. Yeah, uh, so you're I, I look forward watch to that. Mikey makes great demos, man. He really does. He does. He, he makes me jealous. He makes me. He's one of those guys who, who's just very, very musical. And I'm like, here's me over here with me, like five dad blues licks and then he's at, hey, actually out there you, making music you've gone up two since the start of the podcast that's quite impressive i, 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 I remembered i remembered a couple. <laughs> you remembered uh, some <laughs> um, and then, of course as always if you want to catch me online it is budget pedal chap at facebook at instagram and at youtube and youtube is the home of the no talk all tone series so be sure to check that out so that's where we end the podcast for today it will be a wrap-up so from mr ollie miles from Mr. Lee, pedal, ba ba And from Mr. Joe, Joe Kotze, is it? Joe Kotze. You well, got hey, it. I've pronounced hey. it right. It will be a tatty bye and good night for this week. Ta-ra of it. Ta-ra bye, everyone. Like happy days, because we're all in like little tiles, aren't we? went to was called the fiddle it was a real violin vile in vile in (laughs) vile
This guy gets it. <laughs> yeah. oh. Come on, gentlemen. Get with uh, the program. 